This is the Matt Report Podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. Mattreport.com slash subscribe is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to Season 5. Hey, WordPress fans, this portion of the Matt Report is sponsored by LiquidWeb. It's not if, but when you need improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support. LiquidWeb is the partner you turn to. It's no secret that LiquidWeb has been known as a web hosting company with a ton of plans to choose from, but they've also engineered a new managed WordPress offering perfect for mission-critical websites. And here's two bonuses. Number one, every managed WordPress customer includes iThemes Sync integration, perfect for freelancers and agencies who need single-click WordPress management capabilities. And number two, if you sign up today using this discount code, MATREPORT33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com slash WordPress to get started. That's liquidweb.com slash WordPress and use the code MATREPORT33 to save 33% for the next six months. Oh man, this is episode number two, season number five. Jonathan Perez, Surefire Web, and he has been the guy that I've seen just all over the place. I mean, if you are in the Beaver Builder group, if you're in uh, Advanced WordPress um, Facebook group, if you're all of these sort of Facebook groups and just social scenes around WordPress. Jonathan's there. I've known him for a few years now, and he is he's a hustler. And I really love that story. I love somebody who keeps showing up every single day. And the real lesson I took away from this is don't be afraid to fail and keep trying sort of as much as you possibly can. I mean, there's, of course, there's definitely something to be said about focusing in on being great at one thing and hammering away at that and finding the right client. Totally, totally agree. But there needs to be a level uh, of risk, experimentation, research, and development throughout all of this stuff, or you never sort of grow um, into the different areas. I love diversification and diversifying the different uh, product lines you have, sources of income. And Jonathan's the guy to talk about it. He recently launched a Facebook group of his own, and he's going to talk about that in this episode it's a great one. Uh, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for being a fan. MattReport.com slash subscribe. As always, go ahead and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy it. Let's get into the show. This portion of the Matt Report is sponsored by Beaver Builder. When you need a page builder that works effortlessly with your WordPress projects, doesn't get in the way of your team, and is a joy to use, you need Beaver Builder. Their team of passionate developers and designers have worked tirelessly to create a builder plugin that gives your WordPress website a big, comfy hug, not leaving it out in the cold. With an all-new version, including their 2.0 build plus themer capabilities just around the corner, Beaver Builder is leading the pack of page builder plugins in the WordPress space. So whether or not you need to just build a simple landing page or drag and drop the entire layout of your next marketing website project, Beaver Builder is the plugin for you. Check out their website, wpbeaverbuilder.com. That's WP, like WordPress, beaverbuilder.com. 
Hey, Jonathan, welcome to the program. What's going on, Matt? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we, you and I are in the midst of a blizzard hitting the Northeast, so we're starting starting a little early yeah. today, trying to get it uh, get it in before uh, before that hits. If all of a sudden we lose power, that's why <laughs> this you know that's exactly why this uh, the gap in this episode. Um, John, I've known you for a little while, and you're yeah. you know what I would say you're you're the hustler of WordPress, right? Or you're, I've, at least that's the way I see you. Like I see you in every nook and cranny, every community, um, every time you know. <laughs> A new, like every time that. a new business pops up, I'm like, is this John's business? Uh, is it somebody's so got something else going on here? Uh, but for, like for, folks who don't, for folks who don't know who you are, who are you and what do you do? Um, Jonathan Perez, I do everything. <laughs> I, um, literally, I do everything. I've been a one-man show for, for quite a while, um, balancing everything because I also work full-time and I have a, a family. I have two kids and a wife. And basically, I could design, I do development, and I'm always trying to, actually, I'm always trying new things. That's probably why you see me in like every single community and uh, just doing more more and more stuff because I'm always exploring. You know, I want to find out what's going to work best for my business. And then once I find out what that is, then I start to share it with, uh, with my audience. The sort of topic of this season is, it's me sort of exploring the community and culture around uh, the Beaver Builder page builder. And it, it, it's not, it's not specifically about like the plugin itself. Like sure, we'll talk about things like that and some of the nice features. But what, what's made me really curious about this is how it empowers people and has created a community around it. Uh, I just got done recording a call um, with uh, the folks over at WP Builds Podcast. Uh, that's Nathan uh, Wrigley sure. and, and David Wamsley. Wamsley. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we talked about this sort of, some people are hustling, some people are just fine, you know, doing some websites and then some people fall sort of in the middle. But you said you yeah. have a full-time job and you're hustling. Why? Why have a full-time job and hustle on the side? Um, funny. Well, that's not a funny story. I guess, you know, growing up, um, I'm an eighties baby. So everything was go to school, go to college, go to work, you know? So the, I was never surrounded with anyone who owned a business or anyone that kind of pushed you to have a business. It was always, you know, you got to work, you need a job, you need a job, you need a job. And I kind of fell, fell into that, um, I guess stereotype or whatever you want to call it. Um, so the full-time job has just been there. And as I grew my career, I, I never really, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I never really had, I guess, an opportunity. So I had to make one, you know, and by making one, it was just me buckling down one day and saying, you know what? I want to do this. Let me just do it. And after work, I would hop on my computer for a few more hours and just start building. And that's how Surefire Web Services started. And that's how everything else just kind of trickled down, down from there. So the full time, it's there. It's most likely not going away. I mean, maybe one day, but you know, it's a, a nice steady paycheck and it's a nice paycheck. So it's kind of hard to say bye. <laughs> yeah. So. so would you, would you sort of label your efforts and I, and, and like, I know I probably can't, I probably can't offend you, right? <laughs> There's probably no, nothing I can say to really not. offend you, but <laughs> would you sort of, but would you sort of label this as what you do with Surefire Web Services, some of the new endeavors you will talk about today in your podcast, uh, as like a side hustle to your day job? Or are you trying like specifically to build an empire to get out of that, that day job? Uh, really interesting that you brought that up because I have been 
for the past like maybe five or six years, I've always been trying to say, you know, I'm going to leave the day job and I'm going to do this full time and that's just got to happen. And then actually just recently, I kind of realized that there's something special that I've been doing that not a lot of people have been doing. Um, And it's basically like, you could call it a side hustle, but I make pretty, I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I make really good money with this side hustle, you know, and I probably make more than a lot of people doing it full time. And I've talked to a lot of people who were doing it full time, who were struggling, um, and they told me their numbers. And in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, wait, I, I, only, I do this like two, three hours a day and I'm making a lot more than that. So recently it, it's just come to my, like this epiphany of, you know, is this a side hustle or do I want to do this full time? And I think I'm embracing the fact that it's a side hustle, but it, it is a very successful side hustle. And if the time comes where I want to do this full time, I don't think I would have a problem doing it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it, call, it falls kind of in between. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. And, and that, and, and, uh, you know, and I, I don't, I, if I was, if I was talking to somebody else, I'd probably have a little bit more caution on, on the way I've sort of worded that. No, but I me. think that, <laughs> I, I think, I think that you and I can both respect that what a side hustle really is. And a side hustle to some people might seem like, oh yeah, I'm making a few hundred bucks on the side for other people. It's making a, a few you know, 10 K right. 10 K 20 K on the side. Um, (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just something that doesn't take your, your full time attention. Now, I also want to preface that with like, I I don't know anybody else in the space that hits the street as hard as you, um, you know, by trying new things, you know, you don't care about throwing, um, yourself into that fire, uh, for, you know, lack of, lack of a better word. You you don't have, you don't have a fear for that. So take us down or take me down that path. I mean, for folks who don't know, how many different things have you tried up until this point as your side? How many different late, how many different labels, how many different brands have you tried launching? Brand. Um, all right. Well, the main, all right. The main one has always been Surefire web services. I tried to do Surefire themes where I wanted to do a theme shop for a little bit. Um, I tried Surefire Designs where I wanted to just focus on design stuff. I've done, what else have I done? I did a a whole, like, I tried to do a membership site like a few years ago, um, which is actually, this is kind of something that I'm relaunching now. Uh, it was getting to 30 K. Um, I've been, I've, I've done so much, you know what it is. And and I, and I think anybody who has a full-time job, maybe they can, you know, relate to this a little more is, is that the cushion of a full-time job gives a little more freedom to try new things where you don't have um, to rely on that next paycheck to pay your bills, right? right? So if I didn't make money for a month, that was fine. You know, it wasn't like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't pay my mortgage. So everything that I did, knowing that I had that full-time job was really experimenting and seeing what's going to work, what's not going to work, what can I play with, um, what don't, what can't I do? And that the whole journey has basically been that and seeing, you know, going from design, web design to web development, then going to white label development, everything's a test, you know, and if it doesn't work, then I, I close it and then I move on to the next thing. 
So that's kind of how that whole, um, I guess, process works. And that's the benefit of having that, that full-time job is it really lets me experiment and, and get to the core of what actually works and what doesn't work, which is why I use specific tools and certain things in my processes and in my day-to-day. Because even though this is like technically a side hustle, I mean, it's a lot of work, you know? So yeah. the goal is to be, I have to be as efficient as possible and time is a huge factor. Like I cannot waste time. And no, no uh, discord to the people who you know do this full time, but I see it all the time. Like everyone just wastes time doing things. Oh, I tried this new theme. It doesn't work. How do I fix this? I spent four days on it, and it's like no. Like I can't do that. <laughs> doesn't work. Absolutely. Won't be profitable. I'll lose every time if I do that. So everything has to be efficient, and I'm um, always moving forward. So that's kind yeah, of why. I mean, I, yeah, a lot of people. So I, you know, I I feel like I'm sort of in the same boat where I almost have a a side hustle to my side hustle, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I've I've got uh you know my core client services and that and that's you know everything's great with that. It's just a a, a consistent business and it and it is what it is. But I also have themes. I have plugins. I have this podcast, uh, sure. YouTube channel now. And everybody says to me like sort of the same thing. Like, boy, you do so many different things. How do you stay how do you stay grounded with it all? Well, what, what's crazy to me is a lot of people just don't see the fact that it's still all WordPress, right? It's just yeah. different little verticals uh, in the WordPress space, and they all sort of complement one another, and they sort of all reinvest back into one another. So doing client services, I see what people need in themes and in plugins, and I just take those little bits sure. of those lessons and those codes and turn them into those products, and then that whole experience gets wrapped up into this podcast and then the blog and preach uh, it. how do you, <laughs> all right. How do you, how do you stay, how do you stay grounded? Is it the same thing where might people might look at you and go, man, he's crazy for doing all these things, but are they just not realizing <laughs> that this is all sort of on the same playing field? It's just different little flavors of it. Sure. Well, uh, someone told me recently is a quote that, um, it said one. Uh, it said your income is like a video game. Like if you only have one, it's game over real quick, right? <laughs> right so right. this, ev- everything is related. I mean, if you're a full service shop, that means you do design. That means you do web development. That means you can do maintenance. That means you can do hosting. That means you can do a whole plethora of services at your disposal if you know how to code and how to design. So to answer your question, yes, like everything is related and it's really just how you position yourself and how you market yourself to the different things. Like I can do a 100% full design service because I know how to design and I have a designer that works with me. I've done it, I've tried it, and then I've kind of merged it into Surefire Web Services and it does pretty good. So you'll see that service in there. I mean, it's not killing me to offer that as a service. Uh, a big chunk of my income comes from small jobs. Like I help a lot of other developers and designers who can't figure something out. So they'll just shoot me an email and say, hey, I need help. I've spent too much time on this. I need to figure it out. I charge them my minimum and then I get it done because I know, like I've seen the same um, problems over and over and over again. So it starts to get a lot easier for me to fix things. So when people say, hey, I have this issue, I need to fix. I say, okay. So boom, that's another service on my website. You need maintenance or small jobs. I got you covered. So everything is definitely connected. 
um, in, in its own way. It's, it's not like I'm doing web services and then I'm going to go build a car, you know what I mean? Or right, 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 like right, I'm going right, to start right, doing right. houses or something. So if right. you have that core, that core in you, then you, you could do it. But there's also those things that, you know, you don't like to do, <laughs> you know? And even though you can do it, it's kind of like, well, do I want to offer that? Or maybe you don't know you don't like to do it yet. So you try it out like the theme thing. I figured, hey, I could design, I could make this stuff, let me just make themes. And then I tried it and I was like, oh no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> this, is, this is not my thing. Shut it down. What, 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 what specifically of, of the theme building process did you, did you not like? Um, or, or the business side of it, perhaps? It, it was, a theme is a lot different than doing a website for a client, right? Like your theme has to work the way it's supposed to work. And then it also has to work the way it's not supposed to work because most people are going to take your theme and they're just going to hack it apart and they want it to do what they want to do, not what you kind of intended it to do. So just that mentality and then trying it out. And I remember I sold a few of them and then someone was like, oh, I want to put a slideshow in this area and it's not working. I was like, but that area is not meant for a slideshow. Like it's specifically styled for this. And then they're like, this is balls right there. I'm sorry, can I go? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're like, this is BS. I can't, uh, I can't put the slider here. And I'm like, what? I got to recode this whole thing just so someone could put a slider in an area where it shouldn't belong. So it was, it was that kind of mentality. And plus the, the profit for it wasn't worth the work putting into it because it, it had to be like a whole lot of work has to go into getting a theme perfect. And then the market... I mean, what's the most expensive theme? Like a hundred bucks, maybe, if you can right, sell it right. for that much. So it, it had it had to be more than just a theme. It had to be yeah. a plugin with the theme. It just had to be something else, and it just wasn't for me. It was too much yeah. time. Like I said, my time is valuable, so it was too much time for me to put in without seeing a big enough return for me. Yeah, you know that that that's a huge lesson. A lot of people look at products and um, they just say like, "Well, look, I, I I can do this too. Look look how all these other businesses are are doing. You know, twenty thirty thousand dollars a month in in theme and plugin sales. I you know I should be able to do the same thing. It is a whole <laughs> different game, and and it's not even the production side of it, which is super important, right? You have to have a good looking theme. It has to be coded fairly well. It has to have these features, but then you get it to market and you get it in somebody's hands. Man, I get that all the time. We have a theme called Simple Shop. It's a black, it's like a black dark theme. And everybody that like 60% of the support requests are, how do I make it white? I don't like, listen, this is the way it was designed. Like this is the design. Yeah. You, you don't buy, you don't buy a red car and then take it home and go, how do I change this sucker to blue? Like, no, it's, <laughs> this is the way it is. Yeah, uh, it's, some it's just an amazing market. People have this mentality on like websites that they're just so easy and tools. I mean, there are tools that make it easy, but you still kind of have to have um, a sense of what is and isn't doable. Like if you're buying a black theme and you're asking how to make it white, you probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Get a white theme or something. I, I don't right. know. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. I think the mentality uh, is just a little crazy to me sometimes. On the business side, I, I see a lot of people out there uh, afraid to try new things. They're afraid to, you know, pivot and maybe relabel themselves. Um, or I see people give up too quickly. How do you keep yourself sort of motivated in that in that regard? Like, one, not afraid to, to try a whole bunch of things. And two, look, if something's not working, 
you either can it or you keep going with it because you think that it, it can get sort of fine-tuned just a little bit. So that's a sort of two-pronged question, but how do you approach sure. that? Um, you know what? Patience is the game. It's, it sounds cliche, right? Because I think Gary Vee says it all the time. <laughs> yep. But it's yep. really, it really is, it's patience and, and understanding who you're talking to. Because a lot of people will launch or try something not really knowing what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like if say someone's getting into theme development and then they just launch a theme and no one buys it and then all of a sudden they give up. Like there's so many things that could go into that. It's kind of like, well, did you build an audience before you decided to sell a theme? Do you have, you know, people that you can talk to that they trust you so that they know that your theme is of quality? Do you know, are you, what stage in the game are you in or did you like just decide I'm going to design a theme and then put it out there and see what happens. You know, that's like the mentality of the business owner where they say, oh, just build me a website and then don't do anything with it and then say, why isn't my website giving me business? Right. It's like, well, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I always, I try to play the long game, the marathon game. Like I have the long-term, you know, goals set. And, and the way I test things is now I do, because when I was first starting out, I couldn't do this. Um, is just seeing the feedback that I get from my audience, not from everyone else, because everyone else who's your friend, you know, they like you. A lot of times they're not going to be honest with you. Like if you put out something that sucks, they're not going to be like, uh, nah, man, that sucks. Go back to the drawing board. They'll probably be like, oh yeah, right, good right, job. Right. You're special. All right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's really just building in, building your audience i i think that's the main thing that anybody can really do is build that audience that you're constantly talking to that you're constantly sharing with and then when you do try a new thing or something new that you just want to launch you share it with your audience and see how they respond if they Mm -hmm. buy it that's awesome then you can keep going if it was a little bit of sales not as much as you wanted maybe it needs to be tweaked if you didn't get any sales then you should probably drop it or figure out what what went wrong with that. Yeah. Do you have like a set uh, goal in terms of time, in terms of, you know, amount of sales that you go into each project? Or is it just like a gut feeling uh, that when you assess those things, so you launch something and maybe you've got eh, a few sales, how do you determine whether or not you're going to drop it or maybe change things up a little bit? Um... Good point. Like you give yourself, um, do, you, do, you, do you give yourself like a cutoff date on, on a particular project? Nah, I don't really give a, a cutoff date. I just kind of, I don't know, I, I'm like a go with the flow kind of person. So yeah. if I, it, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm putting all of my energy into something that I really believe in and I put it out and nobody reacts to it, it's, it's a shitty feel like it sucks. I'm like, oh man, right. it sucks. I put a lot of energy into this. So I start going by, um, Dan Norris had the seven day startup doing mm-hmm. really quick launches just to see if there's an interest. Like sometimes I'll pre-sell something to see if people are interested in. And then I have to see how much time it's going to take me to push that time and money, you know, ads, who do I have to hire things like that. So um, one of the things that I've recently been getting into is, is ads and it's a great way to measure interest in things. Like you could spend right. two bucks a day, five bucks a day, whatever your budget is, and just see if people want it. 
you know, um, if you have an email list and you want to see if people want to sign on, you know, put it out there and then run an ad and see if you get anybody to sign up or see what kind of right. signups you get from it. Um, so there's always, there's a lot of, uh, testing and, and things that go in. So I don't necessarily have like, Oh, I'm going to give this three weeks and then, and then I'm done with it. You know, it's really yeah. kind of gut feeling and just seeing, seeing where it goes. Like I tried to do landing pages with Beaver Builder and it, I pre-launched a couple landing pages. I had someone design it and I built them out. I pre-launched it. I had a lot of pre-launch sales, which was awesome. Then I released it. But then after that, like there wasn't a lot of sales. And a lot of that is my part to blame because I really wasn't marketing the fact that I had these landing pages for sale. Like I only marketed it for like a week before I pre-launched it, right? So I dropped it because how I'm anything that I do, I'm going to take attention away from something else. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if I have to spend all my attention trying to sell a few themes for like 50 bucks. Can that attention be better spent somewhere else? Maybe I can get a contract with a white label for, you know, 10, 15 grand instead of spending three weeks marketing this, I could three weeks market that and then I'll get a much better ROI. So that's kind of how I see everything playing out uh, when I do it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I haven't really, uh, so I'm just sort of like you in a sense where I haven't really found a, like a word for this or a, or a, you know, phrase or feeling for this. But, uh, you know, Joe, uh, my other co-host on another podcast that I do, Joe Casabona, we created the podcastbook.com. And, you know, when we launched it, we had, we had a few sales, nothing, nothing crazy, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a product, it's a product that just can sort of, I hate to say it because it kind of goes in the face of every all the advice that people get, but it's a product <laughs> that can just kind of sort of sit there and we can reinvest in, in reinvest into it slowly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not something that we have to constantly market, constantly push, but it's also led me to the same feeling across all of my products, so themes, plugins and services to being much more focused on having a big sales cycle spread across the year. So if you can kind of create products that can have a shelf life and sort of just sit there and services that have a shelf life that can sort of sit there, what you can do is you can roll out, you know, you could say, guess what? In April, I'm going to do this big spring push of, you know, marketing this product for a week and, and pushing to promote it and having a true sales cycle and I think that that's where a lot of us fall flat on our face because we launch something and we say, you know, just like you said, well, it had some good launch sales, but then I said it sort of just, it sort of just died out and didn't do anything. I think if yeah. we take a, a different approach and say, guess what, in, in spring, uh, you know, I'm going to push websites, you know, client design services really hard and give it a good two week effort with ads, with uh, social promotion, with webinars. Um, it's a different feeling when you can approach it that way and not feel sort of like a failure because after that launch, nothing happened and you sort of looked at it and said, Ugh, I don't want to touch that ever again. <laughs> you know, if sure. you could sort of sit sure. back and say, you know what, I'm going to push this on these specific dates. It's also a sort of a good feeling that way. Like, you know that, okay, I'm going to push this later on. I mean, that's sort of a long sort of way of saying just have a sales cycle. But, um, you know, I think that would help a lot of people who launch products and sort of feel a little bit of remorse uh, to a degree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it all comes down to the planning too. You know, it's mm-hmm. if you plan it out and you plan it out right, then you can have great sales consistently. 
Um, but it's it's really finding like like what you want to do. Like to right. me, it's always do I want to keep doing this? <laughs> you know, like do I want to <laughs> keep building landing pages and then updating them? And the thing is, like especially with Beaver Builder. Now Beaver Builder is a um, it's an interesting platform because it's so easy that when you if you try to sell themes and landing pages and things like that, everyone is kind of like why am I going to buy this if I could just build it? <laughs> right, right, you know? right, right. So, and maybe that's kind of unique to Beaver Builder or unique to Page Builders where it comes down to it's so easy that everyone just builds whatever they want to build and there's no reason to buy those things. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of a, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's a, No, but it's actually a perfect segue. I want to talk about what you've experienced in the Beaver Builder community and, and just... You know, look, as a guy who's been, you know, in the WordPress space for quite some time, have you ever seen anything, have you ever seen a community come out of another community like the Beaver Builder <laughs> community? Uh, you know, and, and just to preface this, it, I see this in all, all of these page builders. I see it with, uh, again, Beaver Builder. I see it with Divi. I see it with Elementor. People get so passionate about these tools yeah. Uh, which is just a, sure. was just a tool on top of another tool, which is WordPress. Um, what is your perspective <laughs> of of the Beaver Builder community, and and maybe how has it helped your business, uh, if at all? Um, we could start from the beginning of the Beaver Builder, right? <laughs> when yep. I f- first found it, I was looking for a way to speed up my build process, and I tried Page Origins. I tried uh, there was a couple of little ones that were out there. Um, nothing like Beaver Builder and I got it. I was amazed by how easy it was to do things, drag and drop. And they had these little modules set up. I was like, this is, this is incredible. So as soon as I liked it, cause I, I have this thing, if I find something early on and I really like it and I know it's going to make everyone's life easier, I write about it. I'll do videos, everything. And that's what I was doing with Beaver Builder. So I put out a video, best page builder for WordPress. I put out uh, just a ton of content for Beaver Builder and the community really wasn't there yet. So um, Robbie and, and the guys over there, um, they were they were coming up. They were starting to grow like pretty fast. And then the Facebook group came out and later on was the Slack channel. And it, it started off slow where people kind of like, I think I like this platform i'm not really sure yet and then all of a sudden it like exploded and i mean like now if you go onto the beaver village channel is a thousand posts you know a hundred comments and yeah there's just a lot of stuff um happening in the community which is amazing i think the whole um general uh what's the word like the feeling that the community gives off it's nice you know everyone's there to help um, everyone's there to kind of show you certain things, especially like David Walmsley and everybody there, they're teaching people. Um, but then when there was like no videos, when I started doing it, all of a sudden there was like a hundred videos, <laughs> right? <laughs> this right. is the best page builder. No, that's the page builder. This is the page builder of 2017. <laughs> and then it started to get a little flooded. So for me personally, when things start to get a little flooded, I start to back out a little bit and focus my attention on, on different things because First to market is amazing, um, very beneficial, affiliate sales, uh, people start to see you as the authority. Uh, then once it starts to get flooded, 
the new people start coming in and then they don't really know like what's going on unless you're heavily consistent and contributing to the community. But if you're heavily consistent and contributing to the community, then that's part of your business model, right? So there's um, a couple Beaver websites that are out there where they're specifically focused on Beaver Builder. They'll put out Beaver Builder articles, here are all the resources, here are the people in the community and things like that. I think there's about four or five of them, which is amazing if you have the time to do that. I had a, a website that I was, that initially that was the goal was to be like the source for Beaver Builder stuff because I wanted to boost the affiliate sales a little bit. Um, but seeing how much time it takes to manage a website, to constantly put articles out, to constantly do all sorts of different things. Like I know the guys that run some of these websites, like it's not, you know, five minutes a day. <laughs> you know, like they're right. gathering resources, they're constantly writing, they're constantly putting um, all that stuff in. So the community... As it grows, there are the experienced people um, who know what they're doing. There are the people who have this as their business model. So they're always in the community putting out videos, putting anything out to upsell off of Beaver Builder, right? Mm. So mm. people collecting the emails, maybe they have a Beaver Builder course or, um, or a Beaver Builder add-on, um, whatever it is, anything that you can add to Beaver Builder. So they need to be in these communities to boost their business because it's reliant on Beaver Builder. Um, and then you have the new people, which kind of scares me a little bit because since Beaver Builder is so easy, there are a lot of people with no experience that are just jumping in making websites. And being a part of the web industry, that's not that great a thing. Um, mainly because of support requests there's a lot of things that they don't know how to do, like basic stuff that if you are building websites, you should know how to do. Um, and but they but they feed, you know, these other community members. So I don't know. It's it's like this big cycle. Uh, <laughs> I love the community. Just to say that I think it's great. I hop in and out a bunch of times. I only use Beaver Builder. I will continue to promote them. I will continue to do everything I can with them. Um, but. Like I can't be involved as much as some of these other guys are, and kudos to them because they're they're doing right. their thing. But it's just a lot. It's a lot, a lot yeah. of work, a lot of work, a lot of time. It, you know, it's 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 you know, you, you can label it as the internet, right? This is what happens <laughs> when you know people uh, come together. You know, like you mentioned before, when Beaver Builder was on its way up, there wasn't uh, you know there was maybe a Facebook group, a couple hundred people, and everything was great. But as soon as you Small, start putting yep. in, yeah, so as soon as you start getting a thousand people, five thousand people all in a room, inevitably you have these these conversations with people where it's, well, you shouldn't do it this way. You should do it that way. I've been doing it for sure. X, X amount of years. This is why my way is better than anybody's way, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and it really gets in, it gets in the way. Although, uh, you know, David, from my last uh, interview, he said that he doesn't, he doesn't mind those types of conversations because he likes to finally, you know, sort of distill it down to, uh, you know, some sort of uh, tangible lesson that we can get from this stuff. Uh, but I'm right there with you. A lot of this stuff breeds... Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, just, hey, I have this question. I'm going to hop in here and somebody will answer for it, answer it for me. I don't have to do any work, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. and, 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 exactly. and, and, and that too sort of drives me 
drives me crazy. Um, you know, and, and keeping up with content, you're absolutely right. There are so many people out there, not just creating content specifically for Beaver Builder, but, you know, WordPress and, and I'm guilty, right? Doing WordPress tutorials mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a difficult game. Um, and to find your, to find your, your niche and to find your voice, that's the, that's the, that's the real ingredient here that a lot sure. of folks need to, to sort of unpack. Yeah, uh, and, and what's funny is I'm finding a lot of people cause I'm, I, you know, I'm always like exploring and trying to see what other people are doing. And I've been noticing that there are a lot of successful people that don't talk. Right, they're not in the communities. They're not in anything, but they're making you know five hundred grand a year, a million dollars a year, and they're and they're just doing what they need to do. You know, once in a while they'll pop in, but they're silent. And what blows my mind about that is, like, there's no need for internet fame. You know what I mean? Like, being involved in the community is great. Get your name out there. Um, get people to see you as the authority and stuff like that. But it's not like the end-all, be-all. Like, you can only use Beaver Builder and build something that's huge. I talk to a guy all the time who makes about three, 400000 a year. And he just loves Beaver Builder. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I, I see everything that's going on. <laughs> but he doesn't community. Like, he doesn't participate in anything. But he's built his business off this platform and he's just killing it. So that that's one thing I learned too. Like, you know, I don't always have to be in the community to be, you know, growing and doing what I have to do. But I definitely appreciate the guys who are always in there. Uh, so let's just unpack that a little bit. How has sort of staying visible? Because I, I'm of a belief that... Yeah, you don't have to go out like if you are, you know, doing 500 grand a year, million dollars a year. Uh, you know, look, I mean, everybody's everybody's different personality wise. But yeah. uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to get out there and say, you know, look, look at what I'm doing. Look at the cars I'm buying, that kind of thing. <laughs> but but staying visible and staying top of mind, because at any point your revenue channel could go away or it could just, sure. you know, new competition could come in. But how is it? How is you staying visible um, helped your business in, in all of the different things that you've launched? Um, visibility was the key, the initial key to build what I wanted to build, right? So if in order to, I guess, to build your tribe, that's what a lot of people call it, you mm-hmm. have, people have to find you, you know, it, right. whether, no matter what it is. So you have to have some specific thing about you that's going to attract the people that you want to attract. Maybe it's marketing um, or whatever it is. Initially for me, it was Genesis. Like I was super heavy into Genesis. I, once I found it, I would blog about it, tweet about it. I think I even spoke to you about Genesis. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. You know, Carrie Dills, like that whole community. I was on Twitter. I was engaging. I was talking to everybody, trying to figure things out. Um, and that was the initial start of you know talking to web developers and web designers was the whole genesis thing and then as i found different ways to do things i would write about it uh maybe i found i remember uh bill erickson wrote this cool post about a grid loop and then i was working one day and i was like oh my god i found a better way to do this i'm gonna contact bill erickson and tell him (laughs) so i reached out to him i was like hey man check this out this is the post i wrote and i made a whole post about it and he commented and it was pretty cool so you know, that got a lot of traction and, um, and things like that. Like there are influencers out there that have a lot of, 
um, just connections, a lot of network. And then when you connect with those people, the network sees you and then they start to recognize you so that when you go to an event, like let's say um, the WordPress event, WordCamp, people will be like, hey, you're Matt or hey, you're right, Jonathan right. or hey, you know what I mean? Right. So that visibility really, it definitely plays a huge aspect on it into building your tribe. But now the thing is, once you have that audience within you, so I was heavily Genesis, I had that audience. When I switched to Beaver Builder, a lot of people that were on my list that were following my website noticed the transition and they also went to Beaver Builder. So you can kind of like you're um, the uh, was it the chief, <laughs> you know? Hey, right, right. I found this. Look, I found the better way to do something. Look, I found this. And this is a better way. And then you share that with the people that are following you because you're showing them how you're succeeding and how you're doing things and how you're making it work. So the exposure is definitely key um, into building people that are going to pay attention to you and follow you. And then once you have that audience, you know, then that those are your people. That's your, yeah. <laughs> that's like your crew. It, it's certainly something that's difficult to there. There are a lot of fine lines in growing an audience and growing a business that are very difficult to sort of put down in a lesson format. But that's certainly one of them, um, and and that's staying. Uh, you know, top of mind and just staying uh, in front of people. Sure. Because uh, you, you have to do it tastefully, right? And when a lot of people, like a lot of people buy lessons on, you know, how to build a blog and how to build a, a you know, a blog that makes you money, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, then the inevitable question is, well, how do I get my blog, you know, out there? If, how do I get attention to it? And like you did with Bill Erickson, uh, it's just sort of tapping somebody on the shoulder and being like, "Hey, look, I, I wrote this post about you know you or your you know your code and and take a look at it." Um, it's doing it tastefully and elegantly, um, mm-hmm. and in the mix of a conversation. That's very difficult to teach somebody because you know there's there are those emails that we all get like, "Hey, I wrote about the 100 WordPress influencers. Here you go. Like, please share it. Uh, you know, I'd love to have a I'd love to have a link a, a backlink on your blog. Well, it's be like, yeah, I'd love to have a backlink on, you know, whitehouse.gov, but I don't get that. You know, I I, I can't just ask somebody to to give that to me. Um, or, you know, people that in, inject you inject their their uh, their link into a conversation you might be having on Twitter. Yeah. Right? I'd be like going like, going okay. back and forth like, huh, yeah, hey, hey guys, like check out this interview I did." Like, "All right." Um, it's very difficult, but it, but it's it's also something that if you can find a good way to do it, if you can be personal and uh, and fun and entertaining and educational, if you can sort of close that gap, you can you can really capitalize on on growing awareness, which is super important to your business. Absolutely, I think it's the comfort uh, zone. Go ahead. Yeah. You can... No. Yeah. No. I was gonna say absolutely. You're right. Comfort zone. Um, you know, and, and it's just a good just. Just be real, right? I mean, do we have to do these cold yes. emails of <laughs> 500 emails I, of you know, like, it's funny with emailing the cold, me? Every time I get the cold emails, I'm, I always just go like, how do you know me? Like, don't, don't just email me and ask me for a favor if you haven't even, if that's the first time you've talked to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm right. on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on my site. Just just reach out and say, hey, what's up? How are you? I just want to reach out. Maybe we can have a call sometime and touch base or something. You know what I mean? Just just anything like that. Like, I've had a call with, um, I don't know if you know John Barrett. He's in the Genesis community. And one day he just reached out to me and he was like, 
hey, John, what's up? Just wanted to know maybe we could set up a chat. Just want to talk to you about a few things. I was like, sure. I gave him a call. I turned it into a podcast episode. <laughs> I was like, what's up, right. John? And he ended up being cool as hell. And now we're friends and he's just a cool guy, you know? So if he asks me for something, I'm like, yeah, John, whatever you need, man, I got you. So yeah. it's, it's really, it's building a relationship. You know, you can't just ask, you know, you can't just ask a girl, like, hey, kiss me. Hey, we didn't even go on a date yet. You know what I mean? Right, right, so. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I'll, you know, and I'm, I am like you. I, I've tried a lot of things. I've actually tried those email, um, like cold email services to to try to sti- uh, stimulate uh, uh, more business. And yeah. you know, look, it, it's it in this space, in the WordPress space, it's not going to fly because. <laughs> There, there, it's just a word of mouth industry. It's amazing. And and one time, and and here's a quick story about that. I signed up for the service. It was like, I don't know what it was. Probably 500 bucks a month. It was sort of one of those done for you services where they email, they 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 discover what your best client might be, and you give them a list of like the industries you want them to go after. Uh, so whatever, I I did it, and we engaged with it. And one of the freaking first emails that they send out was to. Uh, Rachel Baker at the wire cutter right oh now God. she's head of you know, for folks that don't know I've interviewed her before um, she's uh, you know one of the lead developers for the rest API she knows this stuff and the cold emails that were going out to her were like hey would love to help you with your WordPress problems uh, oh. if you want you know <laughs> if you want, if if you're interested in this stuff just go ahead and hit reply and this was the email stuff that they were sending out and it went to her and she was like, so Matt, what are you going to help me with on my WordPress? And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I'm like, of, of all the people to email. And, and let me tell you something. That was, funny. I, you know, I, I, then I, I turned to this done for you service. I'm like, what kind of emails are you guys sending out? Like, how is this ever going to find the right customer for me? And, you know, needless to say, that didn't last long. We, we were with them for two <laughs> months and, and, and uh, I think I got one month free because of that. And I was just like, this is a joke. Uh, you That's know, so, so funny. Yeah, There's a lot all, of smoking smoking mirrors out there. Oh, totally. It's all you got to be yourself. I think that's one of the things that I definitely took away in the past few years is if you be yourself, if you just show up and be yourself, you know, people relate you. Like if you have friends in real life and you be yourself online, then you'll have friends online, you know? Yeah. It's just yeah, absolutely. You just got to be authentic and be yourself. What lessons as we sort of wrap up here? What lessons can you, you know, concretely delivered to the audience right now in terms of building your side hustle like if somebody's sitting there and like i just want to make a few maybe i just want to make a thousand bucks extra a month what i mean what would you do to get to that level uh for Um, somebody listening right now i'm actually i'm I'm not trying to like promote anything but i'm actually doing um this free thing on facebook where i'm showing people how to do that like i'm getting yeah i'm starting to to build it up and um the way we'll start, I mean, I'll give you guys the inside scoop, right? Yeah. <laughs> the way I'm starting it is um, the first thing is you have to really get out of your comfort zone and start to engage with people. Like, like the yep. more you can talk to people that are not in your normal circles, um, the easier it's going to be to network because you never know what kind of connections anyone else has. So you have to get comfortable either reaching out or just speaking. I mean, if you're on Twitter, just tweet somebody. Hey, that was a great article. I like that, you know, and and, that, and that's it. And then just start from there, just getting comfortable with uh, reaching out to people. Um, once you do that, then it's a matter of now you have to build something, 
You know, if you want an extra thousand dollars a month, well, what are you, what are you known for anything yet? And if you're not known for anything, then pick something to get known for. And that's like your niche or your niche. Um, if you want to be an authority in anything, then that's what you have to do. Because if you're broad, like I know like a web design company, sometimes it's just like, we do web design. And, you know, it works for the most part, but it's kind of like, okay, well, do you do small businesses? Do you do large businesses, medium businesses? Do you do doctors? Do you do attorneys? Do you do mostly um, schools? You know, what is it that you can focus on? Because, you know, specializing, it's been proven, just pays more when you specialize in something. But then you can start becoming an authority. What tools do you use to web design? If you're in the Genesis, start getting involved in the Genesis community. Start building things. Start becoming reputable in whatever it is that you want to be known for once you do that then you can start you know figuring out how to mot mot can't talk monetize Monetize. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no absolutely uh you know i think people have a real fear of specializing right because i think i think in the beginning they're like like I just need to make money, right? I just need to make money. So yeah. I'll, I'll take, I'll take whatever, I'll take whatever, you know, comes my way. Yeah. Uh, do you have any advice for sort of maybe systemizing a pro like process or, you know, creating a process, systemizing that kind of thing that's really helped you in your business? Oh, <laughs> organize. Well, as far as organizing, um, what I've done, I mean, I have like a ton of tools that I use to, to get clients in, um, as far as systemizing, if you're starting out, I think you just got to hit the ground running. Maybe you could start general and then, and then fine tune later. Cause you'll learn like what you like to do and who you like to work with the kinds of people and stuff like that. Um, I don't really have a specific system that I implement other than like onboarding clients and things like that. I don't, sure. is that what you want to know or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you had anything any, any processes set up like that. Um, well, my onboarding is, is pretty basic. Um, someone fills out my contact form, uh, either, or they'll just email me from someone else. Um, I don't like doing proposals. That's one of the worst. I just hate it. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually just give a quick estimate over the email, depending on what they need or what the project is. Um, I have a, a vendor, a specific vendor pricing, list that I do because a lot of times my clients will order in bulk like they'll order five websites ten websites whatever it is um and then from there I have uh what is it project huddle and sprout apps and uh what else is former there? guest former guest of season four sprout apps nice yeah I, I love that so as soon as they do that I put them in the system so they get um oh project project panorama so I set them up with the project they get the first invoice um, and then they, anytime we build something, they can make comments through uh, project huddle and it's, it's, it's pretty smooth flow. Awesome. When is your next, uh, when is your next product launching? Woo. Uh, getting to 30 K it's a free membership. Um, I am taking members into the Facebook group right now and through my email list. So that's like, that's the only way that you're going to be able to get in. Uh, once I open it up for membership, it's it's going to be free and then there'll be this this is it's usually for beginners or people who are looking to kind of upsell their uh, side hustle or if you're not making money on the side maybe you want to start making an extra 30 grand so it, it's really for those people it's totally free 
Um, and eventually, once you do hit the 30 grand or when you want more business and things like that, it's going to be um, going from you know, 30K and, and beyond. Haven't officially titled that. But the, uh, the 30K now, it's the Facebook group. Um, it's called Zero to 30K. And it's totally free. So that's, that's going to be my next uh, product launch. It's going to be a membership. I'm going to get mad at you if you uh, rent a Ferrari and take a picture in front of it and put, uh, <laughs> no, and, yeah, and, no, and, you don't and say you could achieve this. <laughs> Look what I did. No, one of the, you know what's funny is one of the things that I've actually been writing about uh, recently and getting really annoyed at is all these uh, empty promises of grandeur, like people saying, "I'll get twenty thousand dollars on your next job," or "Get a hundred thousand subscribers in the next month." Like I'm so tired of hearing that because to me it brainwashes us into thinking what success actually is. And it makes people think that they don't have to do anything. And if they follow some guy's formula, that they'll automatically get 100,000 subscribers. And I, and I can't stand it. So I'm like on this campaign to say like, no, like if you get 10 subscribers in a day, that's awesome. Clap your hands and then keep going with that. It's not about 100,000 or $20,000 projects or things like that. I've made a successful business building websites for like four or $5,000, you know, sometimes even three. So there's no reason that you need a twenty or $30,000 project. To me, that's just more stress and more work that you have to do for one client. And then if they don't like it, you're screwed. So build your relationships wisely. And um, you know, that's kind of my mantra. So you're not going to see me in front of a, in front of a Ferrari. S- sounds, like you, sounds like you and I are on the same crusade. Uh, nice. Jonathan, where can, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? surefirewebservices.com that's my main site you can comment on any one of my posts I have like a bajillion of them um, and Twitter is at surefirewebserve I'd give you my Facebook but I don't know <laughs> I don't even know what it is it's like slash 659 this is season 5 of the Matt Report hope you really enjoy this conversation uh, with Jonathan I, I know I sure did there's a lot of uh, advice here uh, so go out, start whatever it is that you want to start, and then tweet to Jonathan. Tell him that you did it, and uh, you know I'm sure he'll nice. follow you and, and make sure that uh, that you stick with your plan. It's MattReport.com. <laughs> yes. MattReport.com/slash/subscribe is the number one way to uh, stay connected. And I hope you're enjoying this first half of season five. We'll see you all in the next episode. That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Matt Report podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast, leave me a five-star review. If you enjoy the episode, I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.